Hi, I'm Karen Derricades, and you're listening to We Make Media, a podcast about how the culture we produce shapes media and how that goes both ways. I'm here with James Kerr, a.k.a. Scorpion Dagger, as he is known to his net art fans. James creates hilarious frame animations that take characters from Renaissance paintings and puts them in everyday scenarios. He's interested in ways to bring those works off of the internet and into real life, and we'll talk about the role augmented reality plays in doing that. Well, James, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Dealing. Yeah. Yeah. Dealing. Yeah. That's all we can do. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell me a bit about your first work, like when you first started doing these Renaissance gifts. I started, I guess, Scorpion Dagger as a project with the goal of making one animated GIF a day for an entire year. And so I was just kind of grabbing images from wherever on the net or even like stuff from my previous collage work that, you know, like the more traditional collage work that I used to do with like glue and paper. And I was like animating them. And so one of the struggles with doing it one a day for a year was coming up with ideas and inspiration. And so one day I happened upon these paintings by Giotto and I thought it'd be really fun to animate those. And the first one I did, I believe was Jesus doing (laughs) sit-ups. And for some reason I titled it Jesus push-ups. Anyways, (laughs) I posted that as a GIF on my Tumblr. That's where I was, I guess, hosting all of them. Mm. And a week later, I was looking for inspiration. And I was like, you know, I had fun with those paintings. Why don't I go back to that? And I just haven't really stopped. And where did you find those uh, that, that stuff? Back then, I was using a lot of images from the Library of Congress because I knew it was just kind of like, you know, in the Creative Commons. And they were allowing you to use it for whatever. You know, like I wasn't really worried about copyright or anything, so I was just kind of grabbing them from random Google image searches. But now, you know, I try to be a bit more mindful, especially for commercial work where I grab my images from and I try to get as far away from the paintings as possible. As in changing the the, con- the actual what's happening or what do you mean by getting far away? Like now I'm mainly using the paintings as, as a palette, you know, so like I'll grab an eyeball from here and nose from there and ear from there and try to make my characters from scratch, you know, so they're not necessarily, you know, just lifted straight from a painting. You know, like I would say an average animation I make now would probably have well over like two dozen paintings in there all mixed together. As opposed to when you began, where you were more just making one painting, mo- making something move exactly. in one of those paintings. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there are times where I'll just, you know, I want to do a quick anime, like a quick little animation for my Instagram or something. Where I'll just, you know, take one painting and do that. But for like the more like intric- intricate or even commercial jobs that I do, yeah, it's definitely unrecognizable. Like it's way, take them way far away from the original paintings. And there's dozens there. I guess to clarify that point, it's like, I only worry about copyright when it comes to commissions and commercial work. When it comes to my own work, I just take work from wherever and, you know, it's like my personal art. Mm. I don't worry about it so much there. But I mean, I think it's it like that challenge of worrying about copyright is kind of a fun thing to work with, you know, when it comes to my personal work, because it forces me to take the art, like, you know, to be a bit more creative with it. and get a little bit deeper into creating my own things as opposed to just lifting straight from a painting. It's part of the fun for me is getting as far away from the paintings as possible. Almost taking them off the canvas and bringing them into a new world and creating like new, like I said before, using using the paintings as a palette. Right. Using like, you know, these museums as a palette. I think that's that's what, you know, Scorpion Dagger has kind of become for me is 
you know, that that kind of campy night at the museum, you know, taking them off the paintings after their shift is done at the museum, bringing them home into my world. Right. And yeah, they're kind of like these little bits and... That's it. Take an arm from here, a finger from there, an elbow from here, you know, and mix it all together and have a new arm. Right. <laughs> That's great. Um, <laughs> that no one can claim as their own except for yours because nobody knows where the, where the heck exactly. each, each finger came yeah. from. That's it. Like, I like that kind of mishmash, that kind of like hodgepodge of images and... I don't like it when it's too clean or it's too crisp or perfect anyways, you know, that's just part of the reason why I still use like Photoshop to animate a lot of stuff as opposed to After Effects for everything because I find like After Effects just looks too clean. You know, I like it when it's a bit messy and a bit choppy, you know, it's, it's part of the aesthetic. Absolutely. So what exactly do you do on an After Effects? Like what are the things that you jump in there for when you're like, oh, I can't do it this in Photoshop? One of the big things for me is like moving backgrounds. You know, if like I have a car driving across the scene, just moving a background, it just it just looks a lot better and it's a lot easier. Just you know, keyframes. And when you do it in Photoshop, are you doing it in timeline or in frame? Like, are you looking no, at it frame. left or right? Yeah, I just like the control and the frame a lot better. That's the other thing with like timeline. It's just like that. Again, it just looks a bit too clean. You know, and I just like that control of like having like a foot pointing one way, a lot better in the timeline. I don't know. It's what I learned. That's how I learned how to animate. So that's what I'm comfortable with. Like I learned all this in Photoshop. And I think that that frame animation in Photoshop is what informed my style. So that's why I kind of stick with it. But you know, I do need to evolve. And I did learn like after, you know, some hesitation, I eventually jumped into After Effects and learned that, holy shit, <laughs> this could like make my life easier mm. but so it's like you know it's a balance like i'm trying to find that balance you know of style and time saving you know if i so say i would animate somebody running in photoshop what i would do is i would just export that as like a png image sequence and then bring that into into after effects and play it in there and then just play with like you know the time lapse or what's it called um you know just play with the speed of that in there and the sizing and like I, I do most of my composition now actually and like you know I'll build all my elements in, in Photoshop and even like a lot of the animation and then I'll kind of compose everything like put you know my characters in the space and the backgrounds and everything I'll do that more or less all in After Effects now as well so yeah, in Photoshop I can kind of adjust that and get it back to how I originally wanted it to look you know when you're breaking it down from millions of colors to 256 colors mm. there's a lot of changes so Mm -hmm. I find that like safe for web option in Photoshop. I have a lot more control in trying to get it back to that. Make it look as best as possible, as but what you can't do as easily for me in Media Coder. Somebody's probably listening to this and is like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm a bit <laughs> of a Luddite, I should admit, <laughs> you know, but. It's well, just it's whatever works, it. right? It's the same with photography. It's the matters. same with any medium, right? The brush, yeah. you, the brush you're familiar with is better than the newest, yeah. latest brush. A hundred percent. Like I. I've learned so much just by collaborating with people and just watching what they do. I mean, we can't really do it right now with, so, with the social isolation, but you know, like mm. oftentimes I just go watch a friend work, mm. you know, like who's animating, who's doing something differently. And I, you know, I'll sit there with a notepad and I think that's a great way to learn. And I, you know, just to like, kind of like get back to your, the point before where there's like no right way of doing it. Like I was recently hanging out with a guy who works at DreamWorks and I was kind of like picking his brain about, you know, like how they work on like all these different shows. Like, do they all use like one software, like all the animators, like, or do they all 
And he was like, no, like we just leave it up to, for the most part, we just leave it up to the animators to give us the finished product and then we'll compile it. Like it doesn't matter how they get there as mm. long as they get there. That's, that's so that interesting. You know, they, they're making shows for, you know, like Netflix or whoever, even like, I think they have their own platform now. I'm not sure, but you know, they, they're in such a time rush to get the stuff out. It's like, they can't, it doesn't matter. Like mm. just give me the finished product. If it looks good and we could put it in the show, that's all that matters. But it's interesting with a file format because it's a bit different. Um, you know, it's like at the in the end, it's a GIF or it's an end, it's an MP4. You know, it's an in the end. Yeah. They sent me the 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 PNG and I don't know. I can't see. You know, I don't have X-ray vision to see how they constructed it. But I know that the final product is the right. You know, I can I can drag and drop it into this thing and it works. You know, it plays like it functions. Yeah, like. and that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Like I started, you know, making folders with like arms and folders with legs and <laughs> eyeballs and heads and hair and et cetera. And I realized kind of quickly that I don't need to do that because I name my layers really interesting. Like I have a really interesting way to, to name my layers in Photoshop. So when I go into Finder to look for something, I'll just write arms PSD and then it'll just pop up in my finder all these arms that I use. But like, you know, if I want to oh. be like throwing arm, I'll write throwing arm, PSD in my finder, and then it'll just come up in that feed and I could just scroll through that and just find the arms there. So I don't need to keep these folders anymore. It's just like my organization is really just how I name the layers in my Photoshop files. Amazing. That's yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. That's a brilliant cheat for for everyone. Else. I didn't even know you could search that way. You know, I, I have a folder though. I should say I do have a folder that I call stuff to use. Right. It's on my desktop, and that will just be like you know, beer bottle one, beer bottle two, you know, plank of wood, like just all these components that I've made over the years that I just like, that's like I don't know. That's something that I really love to do is like in the background, like these details, like off. Like there's been times where I make an animation. That would take me, you know, like a GIF that will last like maybe 10 seconds. That would take me like maybe like four or five hours to make. Mm. Like just like the animation, but that boom box in the background, mm. you know, that that took me maybe like another four or five hours to mm. make. You know, and like these are the details that nobody will ever see. Mm. That like I'll know like, yeah, you know, like that tree that took me like three days. But the animation itself is like two seconds and nobody's going to notice that tree in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. We've That's come up in every conversation I've had with uh, people. Because you spend so much time on that and you make it, you're more, especially in, you know, digital art is that you can go back and use it again and again and again. Mm. And, you know, like these arms, like if you spend a lot of time making these arms, like go back and use them again and again and again, instead of like, you know, like if you spend any time just like looking at my animations, you'll see that like there's a lot of the same stuff, mm. <laughs> you know, it's just getting reused. <laughs> but you know, I because I spent a lot, you know, like right now I'm working on a project where it's um, essentially a fake movie trailer, and every clip is like maybe like one to two seconds long, hmm. you know. But I spent so much time making that one to two second clip that you know you're gonna be damn sure you're gonna be seeing that shit again because mm. I don't want to <laughs> waste it, you know. <laughs> It's... that's great yeah. and yeah, I, I was going to yeah. say I've never seen a renaissance yeah. painting with a boombox so clearly like you're not you know you're not pulling that from somewhere right so, no, no are you, when you're making that from nowhere are you drawing are you starting that from drawing I know you work with, it's a, coming, with a Wacom it's just like bits and corners from a renaissance painting you know like I'll take like a little like a gray from here and a black from here and I'll like kind of weave it all together like or 
You know, like oftentimes you're building the boombox from pieces, from bits yeah. and and p- pixels from Renaissance, from digitized yeah. Renaissance paintings. Yeah, I'll try to take everything from the paintings. You Amazing. Know, like, I'll see, like you know, like for like a speaker. Like I once had a, I made a, these speakers, and I just thought. Like, I was looking at a painting, and I was like, you know, the way that that hair is painted, it kind of looks like the weave of, like, the front of a speaker. So I just kind of circle-cropped it and put that on my little boombox. Oh, my God, I love that. just stuff like that. Yeah. But you never use something from, like, Pixabay or something that's just an actual boombox, because it never matches the aesthetic or... or... It doesn't, yeah. Like, because I like that cracked painting, or that Mm. cracked paint aesthetic, so even though you'll never see it because it's so small on the screen, but... Mm. You know, if you zoom in, you'll see that I'll have like that kind of cracked paint effect. There's no filter for that? (laughs) No, sometimes I'll add noise. Yeah, no. (laughs) And I'll add dust and scratches. Sometimes I'll do that. But uh, yeah, no, I wish there was a filter for that. The scorpion dagger filter, they'd have to call it because the end. But you know, that's another thing I'll do sometimes. Like I'll have, like if it's like a solid color, I'll take like a corner of a painting, you know, like where it's cracked and I'll just like, play with the opacity over that solid just to give it that aesthetic. Right. Very you know, cool. Just to give it like a little bit of a texture. Right. Yeah. So you talked about too, about uh, After Effects, like no longer, did you used to be able to export as a GIF from After Effects? Apparently. Right. Oh, before you were even working in yeah, it. Yeah, a long time, one of the earlier versions. Well, yeah, it's interesting though, that the whole, I mean, GIF, MP4 thing. So, you know, for people out there who don't know, you know, GIF is not a format that holds, uh, sound uh, and a lot of your stuff mm-hmm. as people can see online is is got sound in it so it's not really are you making gifts or what are you making um and one of the advantages of gifts for people who, do, who are listening uh who don't might not know is that it's an auto automatically looped image right so um mm-hmm. it uh it, you don't have to press a play button right it's automatically yeah. it's automatically moving which is uh hugely advantageous obviously for 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 any artist trying to engage eyeballs um, uh, or anybody trying to, um, you know, build an audience in this attention yeah. economy. <laughs> but You don't have to hit play. They just go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like, it's funny. I, I used to get like frustrated, not frustrated. I used to get kind of like a little, you know, irked sometimes like you're, my mom would like message me like, I saw that gift that you posted on Instagram, you know? And it's like, well, it's not a gift technically because, <laughs> you know, it's a move file that I uploaded. And yeah, I don't, it's like, I don't know. I kind of like worked myself out of that because it's kind of dumb to just, you know, like it's like the file extension is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like colloquially gif has kind of just become, I guess, like a, a catch all for like a short animation or mm. so it seems, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I have a buddy, who I used to get kind of irked with as well, who'd be like, you know, like, how's the GIF business going? And I'd be like, well, actually, I haven't exported a GIF in like three months, you know? <laughs> it's like, like, oh, fuck me, you know? Like, yeah, James, who cares? <laughs> you know, like, it's what I do. It's how I started. So yeah, it's all, it's all kind of a GIF, you know, for me now, uh, or GIF, you know, the sorry people, I call it a GIF, but you know, um, and most of the people you work with who are who are work in this field call it a gift, no? Or or, or do, do we are we going to get into that? That's a... <laughs> no, let's not get into that. Yeah. I hate that. Do you have anybody who still does that? <laughs> who does it's GIF? It's not a, it's not a GIF. It's a GIF. And you're like really because I've been doing them quite yeah. successfully for some time, and I can call it. It's the... usually at like a at a dinner party or something where like I get introduced by somebody like yeah this guy makes gifts or for a living, and then the other person's like well actually it's pronounced GIF. <laughs> yeah, tomato tomato. Who cares? <laughs> 
Only assholes care how you pronounce it. It's like me, you know, caring about the extension on the file and what it actually is, you know. It's the same thing. It's like, who cares? It, it is what it is, you know, and like, that's all that really matters. And now the, uh, you know, like the whole fact that a GIF can loop on its own is somewhat irrelevant. I mean, in this, in, in, in an Instagram world, it's irrelevant because all videos are looping yeah. now. Um, and I think even in Facebook, I'm not, I'm not on there, but, um, yeah, you don't see gifts much on Facebook anymore. It's mainly video because they loop automatically. Yeah. When you play them. Mm-hmm. And you can put sound. And so you're getting, you know, naturally like sound is going to attract more people potentially, or, yeah. you know, it's, gonna... well, that's why, yeah, that's why I added sound on the Instagram because otherwise it was just silent video. Mm. And nobody's interested in that. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you've talked to Ethan since the beginning, since you've been making them, you've been talking about like how to get them off of, of the internet and live in the real world. Um, mm-hmm. You uh, were part of a project. Uh, well, you have a book that's called Do You Like Relaxing? Um, that mm-hmm. uses an app, uh, an augmented reality app, like basically an image image recognition technology for folks who are out there. So the, the image um, acts as a play button to play the animation. So the animation is housed somewhere on or offline uh, in, in some kind of uh, uh, application and uh, and the image when you point when you point the uh, the lens the camera at the image it plays the animation talk to me about uh, how augmented reality um, and, and image recognition technology has changed what you do or, or, or even before before that uh, what what ways you were exploring to bring the off the internet and onto walls or or paper or murals or I don't know what so yeah when I started scorpion dagger you know doing the one animation or the one gif a day for an entire year the plan was uh, like I was posting them on tumblr just to kind of like show them to my buddies and uh, kind of just have a place where they would all live so mm. I could show them to galleries the plan was is to find a gallery that would be interested in like projecting them all on a wall mm. so you can see the start and the end, you know, so 365 animations. Like linear style, like a frame, like a comic book? Yeah, like a... just kind of like a wallpaper, but you know, like linear style, like where you have like a grid so you can see like the first animations and the last. And maybe, you know, did he actually improve, you know, or right. did he learn something over that year? Like, you know, Oh, okay. I don't know what the, the end result was meant to be, but I just thought it'd be fun to have this like moving wallpaper with 365 animations. Yeah. And this was my idea for the project to begin with. But right. uh, so as that year was wrapping up, I met with a couple of galleries about projecting them and everybody was interested, but I was meeting with commercial galleries, you know, and they were like, well, how do we, mm. how do we sell this? Then I was like, well, maybe we could do prints, you know? And I was like, well, you know, a print like a, of a still of one of these animations doesn't really do it for me. You know, it's not really that interesting. Mm-hmm. So like maybe we could sell the gifts on like a USB, you know, do like one off like that don't, that are not online, mm-hmm. you know, just like this, this only exists on this key or I don't know, mm-hmm. like just all these other things. And then I was out with a friend one night and he was, he explained to me augmented reality and like how that worked and how we could do a print and then you know with this app using your device pointed at the print and it'll animate on your screen you know so i was really into that and then i thought well why don't i approach the the fine arts museum here in montreal and pitch a project with them mm. where i take paintings in their collection because at this point i was using almost 100 percent renaissance paintings you know, like, why don't I take their collection and animate that? And then you can go around the museum and watch the animations there. So I met with a person there who was really into the idea, but 
obviously wanted to see it at work, like, you know, see it working. Mm. So then I was like, okay, now I got to find an augmented reality app. So this was maybe 2014, 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah. Playing with this, I think it was 2013. You did the GIF a year of which which year? Uh, 2012 into 13. So March 2012 to March 2013. And I found out there was a company here in Montreal that was doing it. And so I went to go meet with them and to get 10 examples to show the museum. It was going to cost me 1500 bucks. And I had no money. <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck am I going to do now? I can't really afford this. And I thought maybe they would be into helping me out for free because then they could collaborate with the museum afterwards, you know, but nope. You got the, you're way ahead, you're way ahead probably. And they were like, we don't get how this is. Yeah. This does not fit into anything we know yet. And like, no. Yeah. I think they were trying to pitch like to museums or cultural institutions, like using them as like guides tour for tours, like AR for that, but not necessarily as for art projects. I mean, I can't fault them for that either. I mean, like they, like that's what they charge for the technology for anybody. You know, mm-hmm. they, they claim they're giving me a deal. I don't know. Like it doesn't sound like a deal, but I'm sure it probably was. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no idea. But then I was like, that's prohibitively expensive. So what am I going to do? So I started looking into like learning how to code this stuff myself. And <laughs> that lasted maybe 20 minutes. <laughs> and I was out for a drink with the same guy who introduced me to AR or, you know, suggested AR in the first place. And he was like, you know what? I know these publishers here in Montreal as well who are looking into, they want to do an AR project. They want to do a book Mm. using augmented reality. You should meet up with them. And that's when I met Antiism. I met like, I met up with Harley and they thought it'd be a fun idea to do a book together using my animations. And they were like, we'll develop the app. And then you could take the book and use that as an example to show the museum. And I was like, this is fucking perfect. Yeah, so that's amazing. Did a Kickstarter. You're going to do the work. One, the work that I figured out I do not want to do. And two, yeah. the paying for the stuff that I have already figured out I can't yeah, do. Yeah, doing a book, which I kind of brag. I don't even know if this is a thing, but I kind of brag that <laughs> jokingly that it's the first uh, GIF art book in the world. I probably, probably is. I would think it is. Yeah. Probably one of the, not that it matters. Like, who cares? But yeah. And, um, Oh, I think it matters. Yeah, so we did that. We kickstarted the book. We got it funded, and that got released, and that was a lot of fun. What's been the reaction to that? The people who follow my art, I prefer saying that as opposed to fans. Uh, like they liked it. They bought it. Yeah, people like it. I've, and got I've gotten it. it's amazing. You know, people are like, yeah, "What's I, happening?" <laughs> I show it to them. They're like, "What the hell is going on right now?" Yeah. But we had like issues. So the first app we we used uh, was a company out of Germany. And they ended up getting bought by, I think, Google or Apple. I forget who. But then they got shut down. Yeah. Uh, so that's when the publisher paid an, a, a coder or a developer and they developed their own app. And yeah, that's kind of still working. And but, what was um, the reaction from the gallery that you were trying to... Did they then get it? Like, did it did it snap for the them? The funny or? thing is, is I never went back. Right. I never went back because I was just like such a... It was so many years later. And then the person I was talking to there, he moved on to another museum in the States. But, you know, funny thing is, is that years later, I was part of an exhibition at Galerie Blanc, which is like an outdoor space in the uh, gay village here in Montreal. And like they do, you know, art on the street. And they have like this beautiful gallery in like a lot just off St. Catherine Street, and they have some pretty great artists there. So I did a project there with them, and what I proposed to them was, hey, maybe this would be a good time to revisit that Beaux-Arts Museum, that Fine Arts Museum project. Mm. And so the curator of that approached the museum, 
and he pitched it to them and they were in. So I ended up doing it outside of the museum on St. Catherine Street. But the funny thing was is that you could still take that app and go to the museum and look at the paintings on the wall and they would animate. Hmm. So it kind of happened in the end, you know, through a, a roundabout way. I've done a, like recent, last year, I did a, uh, a book with the Bavarian State Opera where we did their whole program with augmented reality and like the posters are augmented reality. And so that was one way to get it off the net. Well, I remember when the book first came out, and 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 you know, and you and you had you had said the uh, you know in in short like what you had just what you just explained what, to me, which was just like build your own app, like don't you know because of course it the stuff's got to be housed somewhere, which is when mm-hmm. I started looking into it, and you know something really clicked for me last year when Artivive, like I was like a huge game changer. So Artivive is an app. Not only is it incredibly easy uh, and free on the on the user end, right? Because again, mm-hmm. so you've got. I'm trying to develop the, an app uh, in um, Unity, but it was kind of like lagging. I wasn't really doing it much because I knew that there was also this huge barrier of like, now I got to get like the thing uploaded and people to download it. And then I have to like do IT, you know, I have to do maintenance for all of this for however long. And But Artivive, like, yeah. it just has like changed everything about the way that I do stuff because one of the one of the main like digital literacy programs that I do with with young people is we take cameras we go around and we photograph our surroundings and then we animate those images and I swear to god if I have to make another mp4 compilation video I was going to poke my (laughs) eye out right you know it's not meant to be seen this way they're not meant to be seen for 15 seconds and then the next like title card or like it's just heinous like it just makes me want to scream Another thing that is amazing about GIFs compared to a video file, of course, is they are aspect ratio defying, right? Like you don't need to have a background. You can have something that's actually the shape of the heart. You don't need to have it 1080, you know, like you don't need to have it be a rectangle, right? So yeah, that's what's fun about it is that, you know, take a picture of a mural on the side of the building, animate that. You could go up there with your device and point it out and have it animate or, you know, trigger a video or trigger a song or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, augmented reality is really fun in that sense that it could be anything, really. And like you were saying with Artivive, it's great because it's such a user-friendly space to experiment with AR. I've been doing it with just stuff in my studio and like just to like impress my friends or like impress my five-year-old. If people are like, what is happening right now? <laughs> just but that's, like... one of the, yeah, that's one of the problems with it too, though, is mm. that you kind of have to show them first. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? So that was the problem at that outdoor gallery. So you would go to it and you'd just be like, oh, the Museum of Fine Arts has paintings up out here, not knowing that there's an animation behind it if you use the app. But it's, you know, explained on the card right beside it that nobody reads. Yeah. So that was the problem, you know, is that the engagement wasn't that great. I want to double back, though, for a second. To, this is a great segue into the whole conversation about audience building and stuff, because uh, I find it fascinating that you said that you were doing the, the GIF a day uh, for friends and that you were putting them on a place like uh, like Tumblr, because Instagram has kind of taken that model. Like, I mean, the day, the, 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 the doing a thing a day, like mm-hmm. the, in terms of the proliferation, Tumblr was a much more, you know, community, uh, smaller community, insular community kind of space. Totally. Yeah. And that is now like a professionalist like trend. Like that is like a very, that is a way to build an audience. Yeah. I mean, if I had to start from scratch today, it would have to be, I'd have to pump stuff out every day and post every day and be smart with hashtags, I guess. Hmm. Like I don't really hashtag anything. I used to on Tumblr, 
once I noticed like people started like finding my stuff and liking it, it's like, oh, maybe I could reach a bigger audience. But mm. I don't know how I would start that today. Yeah, you'd have to you have to produce content. You have to put it out there. And I think the biggest thing that like a lot of people don't get actually, this is super important. But I think one thing that was that I was always open to was collaborating with people. It was to like, you know, if somebody sent me a message, like was to respond and like, or sending people like liking other people's work and like, hey, we should do something together or we should like, you know, like send me that image. I'd love to animate it. Like that was something I used to do. And that was part via of- Via Tumblr like, or, or Instagram? Via Tumblr, yeah. Right. You know, like, I really like that drawing. Do you mind if I animate it? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that would serve two purposes for me because like I liked the artists and I would, you know, I wanted to like connect with them. But the other, per- the other thing that I did, it, it just gave me something to animate that day. I used to work at a career library at Concordia, at Concordia University here. So it's like, I mean, I was just working in the library helping out. And it was a small little space, but students used to come in and, you know, like, like how do I take my art, you know, you know my, my art degree and make a career out of it? And, you know, like I didn't really have an answer. So I'd like pick up these books, you know, while like the library was empty or while it was quiet. And I'd start reading these books, you know, like, like, you know, how to break, how to get into like electrical engineering or, you know, how to write a CV, how to do this, how to do that. But, you know, I was interested in the art book, you know, like an art career. Like one thing that I read that I 100% agree with and I recommend this to any young artist or, or any person who wants to break into a profession is like networking. Like that's the thing. Go to openings, go to galleries, like talk to artists, hang around artists, be with artists. And that was what that community you were talking about with Tumblr, like that's what it kind of was for me. It was that people would send me messages, you know, and I would send people messages and we'd like each other's things and comment on each other's things. We collaborate. Mm-hmm. And there was really good uh, editors at Tumblr at the time, like people who would be in charge of certain like hashtags, like the GIF hashtag, for example, who would like, you know, send jobs or would like hook up different artists like, oh, you should work with this person and do that. And like that's amazing. And, you know, at the same time, you know, kind of bringing it back to luck. This was at a time where like gifts just kind of exploded. Mm. Like they had like their own sort of weird renaissance, like not to, you know, pun intended, I guess, you know, but they had that renaissance where they just became ubiquitous. Like they just blew up. And yeah, it's just being at the right place at the right time for me. Yeah, with an interest that was shared by a lot of other people and just happened to, yeah. That's it, and I'm fairly introverted. And while this was happening, I was just like, you know what, for the next year, I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna say yes to everything. Right. You know, if somebody asked me to speak in front of a crowd, I've dropped classes in university because I had to do a presentation in front of the class. You know, and then like, now I'm just like, yeah, I'll do it, cool, let's go. You know, like, I just said yes to like everything. Even like jobs for quote unquote exposure, I would do. Right. Like for no pay. Like, I mean, depending on the client, you know, if it was like a big client who obviously had money, I wouldn't let myself get taken advantage in that way, you know, but like, I would just do stuff to do stuff. And like, that was, you know, that, that year, that was actually maybe two years of it, you know, and now like, it's my career. It's like my job. And like, I get money making silly little animations. And I think that's important. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you a bit about the transition from um, Tumblr into Instagram. Yeah, I think it was just because, like, I would go on Instagram to look at other people's, like, look at what my friends are up to and, like, look at other people's art and follow things. You know, I followed certain artists and stuff. So I go on it for that. And then I was like, how do I make this a thing that would be interesting for, you know, my followers on Tumblr to come over 
and look at. And that's kind of how that transition happened. And that was the other thing about Tumblr that was super frustrating is that they had these limits on the size of the GIF. Like they couldn't post a GIF over two megabytes. Oh God. Right. And then like I was, you know, I was getting more proficient in animation. I was getting better at, anim you know, making these things. And I, it was just a nightmare to export a GIF sometimes, like to get it down under 200 megabytes. And I was like, so like, I was like, so I make this beautiful animation. I go export it and it'd be like 25 megabytes as a GIF. It's like, well, fuck, I can't even, I can't even upload it. So what am I going to do with this? Interesting. So export it as a movie, put it on Instagram as a movie. Sorry, as a move. Yeah. <laughs> put it on Instagram. It's like this tech ceiling. Yeah. Well, that's it. Cause like on Instagram, the ceiling was a lot higher. So like it essentially kind of became a place like I put like a low quality GIF on Tumblr and then I'd be like, if you want to see the better version of this, check out my Instagram, you know? Right. And were you so doing both of, forever yeah. in perpetuity or, or did you did you leave Tumblr before Tumblr left us all? <laughs> I would do both for the longest time, but uh, oftentimes when I have like a gift that I just couldn't get under that ceiling, I would just not post it. And every once in a while, I'll try to go back and like, but that's the thing. Like I just, my stuff's too big now. It's too big for Tumblr. Like, and, file size wise you right know, it's just too big for tumblr yeah you just blew up like, yeah. I, yeah i just i'm too big for tumblr now yeah. no, literally, the file sizes i mean tumblr i don't even know what's happening there anymore yeah I'm checking on it once in a while but it seems like there's still a little community going which is kind of fun well it's interesting i mean the instagram stuff obviously like then now you're dealing with like a square format so it's not really a ceiling but it's walls and there's different there's different stuff yeah. like the stories is fine because I can post more in the stories, you know, I could just post whatever there, but you know, like, and that was the other thing too. Like I was making animations that were about Instagram. Like I put Instagram in my animations, like, you know, scrolling and liking photos. Right, right, right. Like that became a thing too. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that like a lot of what I do is just like walking around in the dark with my arms out, you know, like I just like bump into things and find things that way. Like I don't, I'm not really good at, coming up with a plan i'm not good at hustling i'm i think where like where my strengths are is just you know putting my stuff naively out there and i think maybe people and it connects with people in a weird way and i i like that i like trying to be as like honest and sincere about it as possible and like having those relationships with people and i think that's important for in our practice or you know even for any kind of job it's like you gotta go out there be willing to make the mistakes and not worry too much about what other people do. Just be honest with your work. Hmm. When I was with you in Montreal, which I guess is like going on three years ago now, um, you yeah. were working on some funny beer stuff uh, for, for Amstel. What are some of the most hilarious uh, gigs you've gotten oh, from doing this, from choosing this this career path, this strange career path <laughs> that most people's <laughs> parents would say stay away from? But you've you've done yeah. quite well and you've and you've also gotten to be involved in some pretty hilarious and fun stuff. Oh, man, I was looking at my client list the other day. Like I was updating my CV and I was just like, holy shit. Like I've worked with these people. Like I've done work for Gucci. Like I've done multiple animation or, you know, maybe like four or five contracts with them, like doing animation. I've done some editorial stuff with the New York Times. Old Spice through uh, Wyden Kennedy, that's the ad agency. Like those are always fun projects and they're they're great to work with. Uh, what did you do just for Gucci? Very creative. Gucci, uh, the first job I did for them, they have a, a shoe, the Ace Shoe. And uh, they did it, they, it was like the 24 hours A. So they had Instagram or I guess animators and digital artists or Instagram people make 
stick uh, people. Animation or whatever. I made an animation about the day of the life of a shoe. Right. Where it's a shoe wakes up in bed, does a little workout, gets on its motorbike, goes to work, does a presentation, impresses the bosses, leaves work, goes to the beach, then goes to a nightclub, and that's its day. Goes like, like dancing. And yeah, so that was like my 24 hours in the life of this a, a shoe. Has anybody ever asked you to do something that's not funny? No, like Gucci, they've, they've always been great. Like they kind of give me free reign to do stuff. Like they don't, you know, put their hands in it too much. Like obviously they don't want me to put like, you know, super sacrilegious stuff in the work, which is, you know, totally understandable. Uh, like the <laughs> Save old that for your own fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I'll say this, like I've worked with certain creative directors that have definitely made my work better. You know, and like, I, you know, they'll send me a revision list and like, at first, like I'll look at it at first and like roll my eyes and then like I'll get into it and I'll be like, you know what, they were right. Like they're pros, like they know exactly, like this is all better. Like this made my work better. When I assume you get like, I, I, I must, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you get a, a most of your work through, well, one, I'm assuming that you haven't applied to anything in a, in a long time, job, gig. No, no. Show. No show. I wish I had time to. I'd love to do more shows, but uh, no. It's all. It's pretty much all Instagram. Hey, I'm so and so from here. Like, would you? Do you have time, or would you be interested in like talking to us about this? And then it's almost. It's all. I mean, it's a good problem to have. I'm not going to say it's frustrating, but sometimes you know where like I, I I have time to post on Instagram. Like I'll finish a big job, and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to take two weeks, mm-hmm. and I'm going to post on Instagram. You know, I'll, I'll post regularly. And then, like, I'll do two posts, and then I'll get a message from somebody like, hey, you want to work on this? And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Okay. You know, because i got to make a living. You know, I've got to – I don't want to make it sound like I'm, like, living rich or anything. You know, it's like I'm still – i got to hustle. i got to work to survive, you know? So, yeah, I do say yes to a lot of things because it's that feast and famine thing, too, you know? It's like being a freelancer, you never know where you're going to get money. Like, my work for, like, you know, Old Spice or Gucci or – whatever else like it's not commercial work it's like content for their socials really mm, interesting like i'm helping them fill that space like i've done a couple like little commercials here and there but it's mainly content for socials you know? but have you ever had an instance where you're just like oh you know i took this gig but i just i'm feeling like they're art monkey yeah yeah there's been a few of those <laughs> for sure are those yeah, the, good, are the, like... the best paying ones or <laughs> no not even <laughs> the best paying ones for me are the ones that are it's just like let me do what I want. Now the art monkey ones, yeah, I've had a few of those. Kind of think of it, yeah. For me, like I've been really, really lucky. I've been really fortunate that people generally want to hire me for what I do. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I've had jobs where they, yeah, like a, I'm a like an animation monkey. Like they just want me to animate something, and that's fine. If you want to pay me to do that, that's okay. <laughs> I'll you be know? your monkey. Yeah, if it's a good yeah. You know, if it's a good gig, if it you know will cover like you know a couple months of rent, sure. Like you know, I'm down. Like I'm cool with that. You know, but I've said I've said no to things that I you know you could just tell that they're not right or that doesn't fit what you want to do or it just like doesn't align with like, what I believe politically. You know, like mm-hmm. like I won't I won't participate in that. And that's okay too. I mean, if, like if you're broke and somebody, you know, comes to you and is like, I want you to be my animator for like my wedding photos. I yeah. Don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. I, want you to I mean, if, if it's a good gig, do it. You know, if it doesn't compromise too much. I did a job where we took, uh, we took people's vacation photos and we animated them. And that turned out to be a lot of fun. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about uh, Giphy. Like they pay for some gifts to be made as well, right? Which is uh... yeah, 
they were trying to hook up creators with like companies and whoever to like or different projects to I think it was like 500 bucks US a gift or something I forget how much they were getting to people well I know there's been a lot of pushback there was like Taylor Swift um, was freaking out recently about uh, Spotify right so these platforms they create these amazing ways for us to connect with audiences sans the like old gatekeepers like if Instagram went away tomorrow, right? If you're setting, you get all your gigs off, off of Instagram. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Like I've definitely been taken advantage of like a lot of times. Like or I felt as if like I've done way more, I've put way more into something than I've gotten out, you know, financially, especially. Like for example, like I get a lot of emails from people who want me to do music videos for them. And then I'm like, okay, you know, like I like your band or that song's pretty cool. Like what's your budget? I'm like, oh, I don't really have any money. And it's like, well, I can't help you. Like, cause you know, like this is gonna take me two to three months. You know, like if you wanna like work on getting a grant together or trying to find some like, all, you know, weird space to get money. Like, like I'd be down to like, you know, co-sign a grant proposal. You know, like I'd, I'd be down to do this or that. You know, if I really like the band or I like the song, like I, I'm down, but now I just say no. Like, I'm just like, I don't do music videos, you know, like, because, well, A, there's no money in music anymore, unfortunately. When that sucks, that's a whole other conversation. You know, I think musicians should get paid a lot more. Yeah, no, that happens but a lot. it isn't connected to this conversation, right? Because it's connected to this idea of sharing, of content, um, being able to just float around aimlessly, not connected to its creator. Um, so people just being able to proliferate and share your stuff around without yeah. you anyone knowing who the hell you are. Well, that's it. Like Giphy, right? It's like, that's how I felt about Giphy after a while. It's just like, I was like posting so many things there. And then I noticed like they would send me jobs at the beginning. Like I'd get jobs through them and they're great and you know like it wouldn't take me very long or i could adapt something i've already made and like i I appreciated that like i appreciated that they're at least trying to figure out a way to pay their their creators but then after a while like a view on a gif is kind of like a ridiculous like metric you know because Mm. like if you have like a two second loop you know like somebody might watch it like 10 or 15 times before they go on to something else but like i was close to a billion like last time i checked i was like close to a billion views on my gifs you know and it's like i'm just pumping out this content up there Mm. And like, what is it getting me? Like, there's no link back. Nobody knows that it's me that's making it. I don't want to put like a watermark over it. Like I put my little signature on the bottom of them, but mm-hmm. it's like, what what is this effort getting me in the end? Trying to, you know, break the gift down to a size that would work and then post it there. And then like people can share it and use it. And yeah, it just felt like an art monkey for mm-hmm. them. You know, and like, I still post my stuff there once in a while, but it's definitely less of an emphasis like where it's like you know with like instagram like i could see that relation like people could comment on it like i could talk to people right. you know like people know that it's me that makes it you know like at least there's that engagement you know like you can you can participate in it you can participate in the animation once it's out there and it still belongs to you whereas like i found like with like gifts it's just like yeah like you put it on the internet and it just disappears and people like i don't know how many times i've seen my work with somebody else's like watermark over it what really yeah yeah right yeah, back in the early days like when gifts are all over facebook there's so many of those like uh gif like aggregate sites where they're just like medieval art gifts or like medieval or whatever like gif porn was another one not pornography but they just take gifts like from people and they put their fucking like logo on it and not like not credit the creators holy and, shit. like I, I remember once i messaged them and i was like hey you know it'd be nice if you they're like, well, we don't have the time to figure out who makes what. 
And it's like, no, fuck off, you do. Yeah. Just image search it. It takes two seconds, you know? Like, oh, those people are pieces of shit. Uh, like, I hate that. Like, yeah. At least take the second to credit the creator. Like, it's not hard. Well, and how is art your business and then that you don't give a shit about the, that, you know? I mean, it's interesting because yeah. I worry about, like, what, you know, everybody having that mentality. So, like, the people, like, that that mentality becoming the norm, right? Yeah. So that um, the fans uh, in the social media context also don't give a shit and don't credit or whatever. But it doesn't tend to be that way because people, when people admire people, they're like, you know, you got to check out this guy. He's really great. Yeah. Uh, you got to see his work. They tend to give credit where credit is due, especially if they're not creating it. And then yeah. you've got these platforms that are kind of the same as museums um, yeah, and the gallery, yeah. you know, industrial complex that's like, okay, um, we're providing, like, we connect you with the audience and we connect, you know what I mean? Or like, we're providing and, and we'll just, uh, you know, which has a, been a traditionally a space that's been very exploitative of the artists that are the reason that the, that they exist, right? Like, But that's it. Like, if it's like an individual, if it's just like, you know, some kid in like Kansas or, you know, like who has like a Facebook that has like, you know, he has like 300 friends on it, post my gift without credit. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. You know, like, I just like that they like it. But yeah, when it's like, you know, this people who are, you know, like that, like that Facebook page gift porn, like they were, you know, they're selling merch, you know, like they were doing all these other things. They were trying to like monetize this platform, like based off the work of other people, which is like, you know, it's very capitalist. It's like, it's a thing you know but the goal like I don't know it's just like you know have some consideration for the people who are making your content there was like you know a, a girl who took a bunch of my gifts and made a music video out of it uh, for this like popular singer in like Eastern Europe and like it was on YouTube <laughs> it's just like nobody asked me permission for this nobody you know it's just like take it down mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like but they're like well it was on the internet we thought it was fair use it's like how is that even a thing? Mm, that's know, like, very interesting. That, yeah. Like, but that's the mentality. I, you know, in a, in a weird sense, like, I know it's not hypocritical, but I kind of feel as if it's like, there's like a tinge of like hypocrisy in me because I do take these paintings. And maybe that's part of the reason why I like to kind of go full circle in this conversation a bit. Maybe like, that's the reason why I try to get as far away from the paintings as possible and use it as a palette. It's like, you know, I don't want to just be like, profiting off these paintings like by using them straight up or representing them straight up i want to use them as a palette and get as far away from it as possible it's kind of like you know remixing it in a way that's unrecognizable mm-hmm. yeah and it's changed your process because of it or whatever your relationship with the actual images and stuff i mean it's interesting because from a from a literacy standpoint like you know, the more you're interacting with something, so it's even the Facebook person like reposting it, like the time that they're yeah. taking to download that and stuff, like they are engaging with the content and you are engaging with content in a huge ass way yeah. by you know, being like, hey, that hair looks like a speaker, you know, grid, like yeah. that's as engaged as it gets. No one is engaging with Renaissance paintings as much as you, my friend. So, you know, like. No, no, no. that's why I'm like, yeah, like it just, I just have that kind of like. Am I doing it too, maybe? You know, in the back of my head. I know I'm not because I'm actually working with it. Like, I'm remixing it. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's important to be thoughtful about those things. Um, The internet is a space that encourages fast production and little thought around those things. So it's hard to... You build these platforms that need content and thrives off content. Get validated through, you know, likes and shares and popularity and becoming influencers and mm-hmm. you know they gotta feed the monster yeah you know they're not gonna care 
but how do you make people care? I think that's a, an interesting thing. You know, like I think I, I have a, I have a feeling, and I kind of I have this sense that it's kind of going towards that. Like authenticity is kind of coming back as a thing, and that's being really appreciated. And yeah, that'll trickle down, and it, that will work. Yeah. I well, hope, I feel like I if there know. was a format, right? Like I think if there was a format, like because there's so many times I want to credit things and I can't even, yeah. or like it takes so long to track someone down, and often yeah. anytime I do. Uh, you know, again, their response, and I was telling you this like a couple of years ago, you know, their response is like, oh my God, thank you so much for asking. No, but it's amazing that you did. Like, I sometimes get messages from people like, hey, I'd love to share this. I'm like, share it. Like, mm-hmm. please. You know, like, I love that you want to share it. Like, it, I put it out there for people to share and to look at. I love it when people ask, you know, like, if you want to share whatever I'm doing, if you follow me and you want to hit share, that's, you don't have to ask me, obviously. Right. You know? But if it's like a, a magazine in Peru, you know, who wants to share it on their social media. Like, yes. I'm so happy you asked. I'm going to ask you my lightning, my little lightning round questions. here. The lightning round. Awesome. (laughs) Just, just like one word, whatever. Um, GIF or emoji? GIF. Email or DMs? Email. Phone call or text message? Text message. Video chat or voice note? Voice. Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. Thank you so much, James, for my pleasure for chatting with me. And thanks to those listening out there. Join me on the next episode of We Make Media when I speak with Afrofuturist Quinton Versetti about his techno fossils and augmented reality monuments. Until then, stay creative and do be artists. I'm trying to play it like Moana's